you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I'm DJ Impact and I got the bad boys here with me. And welcome to Three Counts. Should be exciting. This is where we get a chance to uh, go over three topics that we've searched all over the internets and what we came up with. And um, interestingly enough, all of the topics tonight seem to come from uh, ringsidenews.com. So, yeah, you know. Apparently, the main producer stepped away. The executive producer uh, then came in and, you know, he just said, hey, here it is. Boom. So that's how it works sometimes, you know. <laughs> if you happen to Amen. be on. <laughs> yeah. If you happen to be on our Facebook chat, definitely join. Throw your comments in because we will try to get them in as we can. Let's kick it off on our first story. This one is titled Tony Khan says A.E. W double or nothing was a much better show than WWE WrestleMania. So apparently he was um uh speaking I'm 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 what seems like maybe is another uh, a podcast of, of some sort. But the quote that Tony said was I'll tell you something. Double or nothing last year and this year in my opinion was a better show than WrestleMania. I like this year's WrestleMania a lot better than last year's. They had some fans this year and everyone there worked their ass off both years. This year, I thought both were good shows. They did a two night show and it was a good show, but I thought double or nothing this year was outstanding. And it was the best wrestling show of the year so far. And last year, double or nothing during the pandemic, it kicked the shit out of WrestleMania last year. The pandemic version last year, not even close. Double or nothing was a much better show. And then the author of the article ends by saying that AEW and WWE are in the same marketplace and they are bound to be compared to each other. We'll have to see if the fan sentiment agrees with Tony Khan's statement as they are likely to be considered a bit controversial. Well, let me move right over to the fan sentiment of Sin City Steve and you tell me, do you agree with Tony Khan's statement of, of what he said in this article? If we are looking exclusively at night two of WrestleMania, then yes, Double or Nothing was better than night two of WrestleMania. However, factoring in night one, which was fucking awesome in my humble opinion, mm -hmm. uh, we discussed it on this show, but, uh, no, factoring in night one, I think that, uh, I think that WrestleMania was a better show um, if you include both nights. But if you want to just look at one of the nights, then as long as it's night one, um, 
then yeah, double or nothing was better. But yeah, it's uh, obviously, I think that a fair amount of that is Tony Khan speaking with, uh, you know, rose colored glasses, um, <laughs> which I would expect nothing more. I mean, he, he shouldn't go out there and say that another rival company's product was better than theirs. Um, so, I mean, I can't fault him necessarily for saying that. Um, as far as objectivity, yeah, he, he missed the mark on it. Interesting. Simon Street, let me go to you. I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm sure you remember uh, WrestleMania night one and night two this year. And night one, maybe you remember night one and night two of, of last year's as well. But I don't know, does Tony Khan write on this? I mean, you know, he, he believed that Double or Nothing was a much better show than WrestleMania. What's your take? First, let me go and say, uh, Tony Khan, cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> and as, uh, you know, John and kind of uh, asked questions specifically to Matt in our chat, he says, uh, how much coke was involved before uh, Tony Khan made this comment? <laughs> Probably was a lot. <laughs> so, um, you know what? It, it, let's look at last year's uh, WrestleMania, okay? All right. I will say that he probably had some merit to the comments that he's saying with regards to double or nothing with that possibly. Yeah. Because, you know, as he stated, or this article stated, COVID did kind of shock the system and the plans were halted of what they were going to do with WrestleMania last year. So I could see him possibly having a point, but with this year, I think most of the fans and, and I'm speaking for them humbly will probably equivocally disagree with him. Um, with regards to this year, I, I'm sorry, like night one literally blew the, you know, just blew a lot of people away. It was a great night. And I don't see anything that Double or Nothing did this year that could hell and compare to night one, even possibly night two. Although night two, obviously, we all know wasn't the better night if you're comparing it to the first one. So, no, Tony. But, uh, you know, hey, that cocaine is must be pure. Let me ask you, uh, Matt Michaels. Of course, you're the one that um, sent me this article, but I, I'm going to let you respond. But let me just something that just hit my uh, my, my my brain. I'm hearing voices in my head. Uh, no pun on anything I I did on this past weekend. But um, do you think if he really believes that you know Double or Nothing is seeming to be a better show than WrestleMania, that maybe he would try to have a WrestleMania size event? For double or nothing at the, I don't know what the stadium would be called, but the Jacksonville football stadium, maybe he would have his own mania for double or nothing during the, you know, to compete against WWE's version of that. Do you see something like that happening? What are you talking about? You didn't understand that question at all, Matt? No, I understand <laughs> you might be... the question. I just want to know what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, it... No, of of course, you know that that's it. That's that's the thing. Um, first of all, don't put that thought out there because I, I voices in my head. Don't want to see. I don't want to see what actually happens if uh, they decide to run the Jacksonville Stadium uh, during WrestleMania. Um, that would probably be devastating to uh, their front line. Um, well, it, would, it wouldn't go head in head, but you know, because they're they're what several. Well, then what did you just suggest? No, but I'm just saying their double or nothing event 
that they would make it a mania size event at their stadium. So, okay. Let, let's, let's first off double or nothing is called double or nothing because it was in Las Vegas and was always intended to be in Las Vegas on the yearly basis. Mm-hmm. It's the same with all in. I mean, you could say that, well, why don't you make all in that show? Um, those are your two big shows that have the history of why the company exists, right? If you put it in a big stadium, you could. But the the thing is, is that he isn't arguing the fact that they could draw the same as them. He's arguing the fact that the product was better. And that's the, the the problem here. Yeah, if they fucking ran Jacksonville and made it their big show, I'm sure they would sell a pretty decent-sized number of seats. But at the same time, if you really look at the product, honestly, no. Double or nothing fucking sucked. The first double or nothing fucking sucked. Mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I Seriously, in attendance, the, the only thing I can still tell you is that Cody and Dustin fucking bled to the point where they're still bleeding, I think. Yeah. And and the biggest pop was when Moxley showed up, the hometown guy, who, like everyone knew, was about to show up. That's it, man. I, I, I'm sorry. So far, their pay-per-views have not been good. And it's easy to fucking take shots at the WWE because you're talking about a company that's been running these for almost 40 years at at WrestleMania level. And they also run pay-per-views every fucking month, also with NXT pay-per-views and eventually here mixing in the UK pay-per-views as well. So until Tony Khan starts running actual pay-per-views, oh, and by the way, WWE, you get it on the network for 10 bucks or five bucks. So you don't have to pay that fucking price. And by the way, Tony Khan, you might think your product's better, but guess what? Most of your fans pirate the fucking thing anyway. Damn. So, Fuck, man. hey, it's it's honest. That's honesty right there. That's honesty. All right. Yeah. Show, show me that you're selling pay per views to the rate that it makes it a success then maybe you can start comparing yourself to what they do for WrestleMania. All right, all right, all right. Well, you seem like in the chat you have a uh, a Michaela Crow that agrees with you. So there you go. You know, you got someone on your uh, on your team. And they, they obviously have the best taste in the world, and I appreciate <laughs> it. All right, let's move over to our second count. Plans already made for Kenny Omega losing Impact World title. It goes as this. Kenny Omega is currently the AAA Mega Champion, Impact Wrestling Champion, and also the AEW World Champion. He has been booked as one of the best champions in in recent memory, and his high work rate speaks for itself. Kenny Omega made a name for himself with incredible matches against Okada and Naito in New Japan and is regarded as one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. 
But according to Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio, it was stated that Impact Wrestling has already planned who Kenny Omega would drop the Impact World title to. And this was planned even before Omega won the title. We just have to wait to see who will ultimately dethrone Kenny Omega as the Impact World Champion as he has been booked as a dominant champion so far. Okay, let me jump over to you for this one. Um, you know, let me come over to you, Michael, this time. Uh, this is one of the articles that you found here. Um, let me ask you, uh, apparently somebody seems to know who he's going to drop this this title to. I don't believe that's going to be, uh, be Sammy Callahan. What's your take on the idea that, you know, while all this was put together before they made the announcement of all of this um, bringing the companies together and working together that they already knew who was going to take it. What's your take on what we've seen and where you think this is going to go? So um, two, two separate thoughts here. First thought, um, Star Wars, George Lucas. First Star Wars movie makes a ton of fucking money. Nobody saw that come. But Mr. Lucas decides to then start saying, oh, well, yeah, this is part of a nine-film arc. No, it wasn't. You fucking made that up, you fucking lying sack of shit. You <laughs> never had fucking nine films fucking mapped out. You were grasping at fucking straws to the point where you had to bring on other writers to help you finish the, the, the two sequels. Uh, let alone, you know, the other films and shit. Uh, so the idea that something is actually mapped out before deal is in place is total fucking bullshit. You know what was mapped out? Don Callis going to AEW. This is what this whole fucking thing was about, is AEW getting Don Callis. That's it, period. Kenny Omega was behind the fact that they needed that talent and that mind creatively to get in that company. So they struck up a deal basically saying, Hey, we're going to give you exposure on our show by taking your belt and putting it on our show. Right. We uh, don't have any plans. Well, you know what? In fact, give us the good brothers and then um, they can come on our show too. So show that you have talent on our show. Uh, and, and you know what? We'll let Jenny, uh, we'll let Kenny fly on the jet and can come to impact, uh, you know, to show that uh, he's the champion. That's all the fucking thing was. That's what this deal was. Now, my second thought is this Dave Meltzer calls himself a fucking journalist. Journalist. But Dave Meltzer, in this fucking scenario, says, uh, but before Omega ever won the title, they had their battle plan all mapped out on what was going to be, who was it going to be on the show, and when it was going to be, and when Impact can get their title back. That was all part of the deal way ahead of time. Well, you know what? Apparently, they're the quietest, most tight-kept motherfucking secret keepers ever. Because Mr. Journalist fucking released a piece of journalism that says well 
the sky might be a different color, but <laughs> we won't know what that color is until they decide to tell us what that color is. And they thought about it already, and they probably know what it is, but until they are ready to tell us what it is, we don't really know what it is. Um, and I'm not even sure right now if the sky is really the sky, but I can guarantee you that three people I know say the sky isn't the sky, it's really the ground. Fuck you, Dave Meltzer, mm. and you just putting out fucking generic bullshit like this and calling yourself a fucking reporter. Mm. Oh, jeez. Impact had an idea for who the title will go to when this whole thing wraps up. No, really? Next you're going to tell me Impact knows what they did or fucking on TV. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> wow. Well, let's, with that, guy. let's uh, <laughs> move over to you. Uh, Sin City, Steve, what's your take? I mean, uh, you know, uh, Kenny, we know eventually will. Well, you know what? Let me ask you this question instead. Uh, I see John in the chat. He made a pretty interesting uh, um, statement here. And you tell me what your thought is on this, and he can relate that to the article. He says, Kenny Omega will probably only lose each title in a triple threat match. Fatal four-way, et cetera, where he doesn't eat the pin. Prove me wrong. What's your take on that? I, I think that that's, that that's completely spot on. I think that, unfortunately, uh, for for those people that are itching to see Kenny Omega eat eat the pin and, you know, take the, take the actual loss in a match, I don't necessarily see that happening. Um, and obviously that is complete. You know, you can yeah. say that it's selfish, but another way to look at it is that AEW is protecting their brand. Um, and it, the fact is, this definitely should have all been mapped out beforehand. Um, anybody that has any amount of foresight whatsoever should make up these kind of story arcs and actually have a, a date when it's going to begin when it's going to end, what major events are going to happen throughout that storyline as essentially mile markers or, you know, uh, chapters or however you choose to look at it. Um, so the, the fact that, you know, some people are saying that this, uh, that, you know, it's preposterous for this to be already determined or whatever just shows honestly the, the lack of foresight on their part and the fact that they're used to WWE booking where it's seemingly fly by the seat of your ass. <laughs> And even Steve, even with that, the WWE for the long term angles, a lot of times have shit in place. For, for most of the time, but yeah. as far as recent years, there have been there have been numerous occasions where oh, and and again to tie it back to Dave Meltzer, plans change and things are completely making a left turn somewhere. So I think that it's um, you know, I think that the whole meme of WWE and having coherent booking and, you know, and having um, all the fun shit that, uh, that they're known to do where yeah. they, they don't believe in storyline cohesion. And yeah, I mean, it all holds true, especially recently. And unfortunately many, many wrestling fans have gotten used to that fact. Um, long, long-term storyline building and slow burns really don't exist all that frequently we're start we're starting to finally see it come back to wwe with roman reigns and the angle that they're working you know with the bloodline and you know the whole head of the table thing right but 
it, there's no way in the world that this shit wasn't all predetermined beforehand and before Tony Khan signed off on the fact that Kenny Omega is going to have to lose a match, he's got to know who he's going to be in there with he's gonna, he, and who's going to, quite frankly, eat the pin. You know what's really interesting that you just said that? What if that wasn't the case? What if it's not the case? What if, what if Meltzer's putting this out there, being Dave Meltzer, to basically be the generic placeholder, right? But the honest answer is, it's not AEW. It's Impact Wrestling. Think of it this way. Impact Wrestling is so desperate for attention and what they need that they're basically bowing down and saying, hey, oh, wait, Kenny was, oh, they're not, we wanted to have the belt back probably. We're, we're thinking of putting it on Moose. Is that okay? No. No, it's not cool. We're, we're going to keep keep it on Kenny for now. They're being dictated by AEW. I think oh, Meltzer, I didn't even think of that. Meltzer fucking, again, threw out the fucking wrong direction so that the truth is not fucking known, which is Impact is a fucking scuttlebug company that doesn't know their head from their ass right now. Man, Simon Street, a lot was just said, so I'm going to let you get in on this. But a answer this. Uh, Chris want to know, is Matt is that Matt Michaels ranting or Jim Cornette? Maybe you can answer that uh, for Chris. <laughs> go ahead, you want Simon Street. to answer that question? You don't That's have to. You it's just, to answer? No, man. Go ahead. What's your take, brother? <laughs> um, you know what? I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, everybody's just tickled pink by this whole uh Kenny Omega with all these fucking belts. I'm gonna be honest with you, my pink is not tickled at all. Mm. It, it, I've not been excited <laughs> about it. It's just not. I'm sorry. It, it just be honest. It's, it's not, not never been excited about it, man. And, and I've said it before. New shirt it's, coming it's, soon. My pink uh, isn't tickled. It's not. <laughs> For real, I just it's just like look. I want to give a full shit about this but I don't give a full shit. So I'm only going to give three-fourths shit. And that little bit of shit is this. I'll say that there are some people I'd like to see um, take the Impact title. I know if y'all said before, certain people would be good to be on Impact. Uh, Michael said mentioned uh, Jungle Boy uh, would be a good person. Um, I am agreeing with Michaela in the chat. Um, I would like to see someone like uh, a Pentagon or a Phoenix take it off of him, go to impact. I think that that might work a lot better in that situation because then you have somebody, especially Pentagon, who is familiar and something that he is, him and Phoenix, either or. It's something that I think would lend well to impact. And yes, I do agree that impact needs something because they come from a long lineage of barely surviving like a bunch of cockroaches at a business. And it sucks because every time they survive, they have a good talent roster. So it's not the talent, it's the fucking business. And it is what it is. I'd like to see that. So that's what I, hopefully I answered the damn question. Now, I can't tell you about whether if, uh, you know, uh, Dave Meltzer is uh, Dave Lagarca. I can't answer that shit because I don't know who the fuck Dave Lagarca is. Dave Lagarca? Whatever the fuck his name is, I don't know who that is. I'm not even pretending to know. <laughs> Dave Lagarca, ladies and gentlemen, is a uh, he's a he's a pickle he's a pickle uh, pickler in uh, in Wisconsin. 
So, uh, no, you know, what's interesting too, Simon, that now that you said that, like in that frame of mind and, and along the jungle boy thought too, isn't it sad that we're coming up with the AEW wrestlers who should go to impact to make impacts. That's why I'm saying impact doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Even with the talent that they do have, that they could put in a position to make impact shine. That's on their roster right now. It looks like from a consumer standpoint, they haven't been doing that. And I get it. We're get fickle. And we think we know better than who's running. The guys, that, guys, guys, looks evident. listen, it looks evident. The Anthem board members have put Tommy dreamer now to watch over what Scott Demore has been doing. Because apparently what Scott been doing is hasn't been working. So we're going to see some changes. We're going to see something different now that Tommy Dreamer is going to be over his shoulder. So just right. stop it. Okay? Stop it. All right. Uh, hopefully there's not a sandwich anywhere near because Dreamer won't get any work done. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Can I go to the third topic, please? <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, our third topic, Eric Bischoff says current wrestling industry generally disappoints him. So uh, let me just kind of read his quote. Oh, you know, I would be disingenuous if I just pull names out of here off the top of my head at this point, because I don't. The truth is I don't watch enough of the product to, to have a feel anymore. I'm just not interested in what I see right now, and I do drop in. I don't want to suggest that I never watch it. I do watch it, hoping something's going to catch my imagination. And if there's something that picks my in uh, my interest, I'll tune in and I'll check it out. But more often than not, I'm generally disappointed. End quote. And the writer just sums up by saying, we certainly wonder if pro wrestling as a whole will improve their products as pro wrestling continues to evolve through the years with many new aspects given more focus. All right, over to you this time, Simon Street, for you to kick off our last one. Eric Bischoff said that the current wrestling industry generally disappoints him, and he just broke down why that is the case. He's just just haven't really found anything. Uh, you think he's got a um, – is, is he is, – out of all the wrestling that's being shown, you, is you would you agree that there's nothing that catches his interest at all and it's just – Disappointing from all promotions and all the way around? Well, speaking of somebody whose pink isn't tickled, it's definitely Eric Bischoff because apparently week in, week out, he is just disappointed with wrestling in general today. <laughs> uh, the second thing that I do question, to answer your question, he, he does not have a point, at least that everybody shares. It's just his point. <laughs> um, but the question I have is ringside of news. What are you doing? Did you couldn't find all the juicy tidbits of what was happening in wrestling this week? You was like, hey, man, we ain't got shit for the, for, for, for the article today. What are we going to do? Oh, let's check and see what Eric Bischoff is bitching and complaining about this week, and we'll make an article out of it. Is this like, like the third article y'all have done for three count in like a month, maybe, with Eric Bischoff bitching and complaining? Well, it's because they listen to 83 weeks and it's easier to write an article by just listening to a show and then quoting what they said. That's lazy shit. But yeah, yeah, we don't get paid for this shit, but those guys get paid fucking right. What is going on with the world? <laughs> all right, that's your take there. Let me move over. Oh, the that's my take. I'm done. All right. Pass it on. Let me jump over next to you there, Matt Michaels. Uh, 
it's just it's just it's very disappointing all the way around from he can't when he turns it on there's nothing that catches that guy interest at all i mean Roman Reigns pops up, Sami Zayn, he goes, oh, horrible flip-off, turns it right back off, it goes back to doing something else. For real, that's the case? So, the, the most ironic thing about this is here's a guy who says he doesn't fucking know anything about what's going on in the business, who was literally writing, head-writing, head-fucking-overseer of a fucking product of the WWE just a fucking year and a half or so ago Mm -hmm. so no wonder he got fired because he allegedly didn't even know what was even happening on their show the um the other thing that is amazing is that apparently he doesn't know anything that's going on in wrestling he doesn't pay too much attention um except when the paycheck is cut for him to show up at a debate on fucking AEW. <laughs> Eric Bischoff is full of shit just like Dave Meltzer right now. <laughs> you know, that's it. You're just trying to get your fucking headlines in there and get people like this to pick up on it because this is cheap fucking plug for your own show and that's it. Um yeah, I yeah, I, he's pissing me Sin off. Sin City, do you concur? With everything, one thousand percent. Okay. Uh, obviously, uh, this is Eric Bischoff doing his damnedest to stay relevant. Um, it's it's unbelievable because he'll say this, you know, to to inside the ropes and you know go off about the current state of pro wrestling like he does every single week. But Matt hit the the nail on the head. Once those checks come in from AEW, he doesn't have a problem cashing them some bitches. So obviously we can look forward to seeing him on AEW dynamite next month. When uh, let's see, we'll have the fucking pinnacle and the inner circle in a fucking debate or some other sort of a, a fucking corny ass interchangeable press conference that they choose to call something gimmicky. Yeah. Gimmicky. And, and and again, he'll show up as Mr. Bischoff has a question. Of course. <laughs> like no one knows who the fuck this guy is. Oh, ha, ha, ha. That's so funny. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that I think that more than anything, this is just him trying to stay relevant. It's just him keeping his name out there. I mean, it's smart for, you know, for his brand and him continuing to, to stay out there, but I don't put any stock into virtually anything that Eric Bischoff says involving the wrestling business at all. I feel bad for him because, brother, you ain't got no hobbies or nothing like that. Like, like nothing's floating your boat to where you just talking talking shit about, about wrestling. I guess. I mean, brother, go get go get a nice book, send her a tree next to a stream, and live your life, man. Well, hey, he he does. He lives in Cody, Wyoming. Now, if you're familiar with Cody, Wyoming. No, you're not. probably grasping at straws to entertain yourself anyway. <laughs> so this is a good way to do it. All right, y'all. Thank y'all so much for the three count. And we thank everybody for uh, for joining and putting in your comments. And uh, Chris answered his own question. He said, yep, definitely Jim Cornette. <laughs> That's for- <laughs> right. Cheese for double cheese. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, Isn't it amazing that fucking Bruce Pritchard can do a 
fucking awful impersonation of Jim Cornette. Now every single one of us hacks just fucking uses Bruce Pritchard's fucking impersonation <laughs> as Jim Cornette. <sighs> eh, true that, true that. Um, guys, we're going to do our final thoughts as we uh, get ready to end the show. So I'm going to start with you, Simon Street. What do you want the good people to know? Um, I just want the good people to know that, you know, uh, this weekend was great. Coming up is going to be, uh, you know, 4th of July. Great time in our country. Uh, time for us to look back at our country and uh, founding independence and whatnot. And, uh, you know, a lot of us are going to have that Monday. Uh, to come into work that following Monday. Please do something that uh, I'm going to be doing. Uh, catch up on wrestling. Catch up on anything that you feel you need to do because you don't have to fucking be at work and just catch up on it. But outside of that, everybody be good. Thank you so much for supporting us. We cannot do this without you. We really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. And as Matt Michael says, we don't get paid for this. So if you could be giving generous donations. We appreciate that as well. Every little bit does count. And for those who have given generously, we appreciate you more than you ever will know. Do you know how they can give generously? We were going to say that. I didn't want to take that away. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, he doesn't even know how. He doesn't know. <laughs> okay. Get money to Simon Street. Dollar sign, dollar sign. No, no. Usually, Matt, Matt Michaels, you know Impact is the one that says that. I mean, I'm asking you, but look, Vegas bad boys. If you got the cash app, if you have the cash app to use the money sign, Vegas bad boys with the Z, send whatever you like, you know, um, whatever donation we accepted. All of that we use to help promote our podcast to um, through our social media so more people can find us and enjoy the show just as you. Whatever you uh, send in is, is, is definitely we're grateful. Um, Sin City Steve, what you want to tell the good people? Thank you so much for hanging out with us, guys. Um, thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, all the fun stuff that you guys do. Um, we do this for you. So definitely it's it's appreciated for sure. Um, also, um, special shout out um, to every man and woman serving this country on lands, both foreign and domestic. Thank you for doing what you do. You enable us to do this show. So thank you. And most you know, last but certainly not least, uh, repsports.com, reppsports.com. Go there for all of your pre-workout, energy drink, and general wellness needs. Again, repsports, reppsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%. No doubt. Thank you much for that. Uh, Matt Michaels, man, uh, what you want to tell the good people? So uh, this past uh, a couple days ago, um, Melissa Coates, Super Genie, uh, passed away. Uh, she was only 50 years old. Um, you know, she was a world-class bodybuilder um, and uh, got into wrestling by training with Killer Kowalski at that school there and then uh, went to UPW in the early 2000s as well. Um, made her rounds, you know, did different things. Um and became most associated with uh, being Sabu's uh, manager and, uh, you know, his, his, uh, his uh, girl um, as well. And um, she was one of the sweetest people, uh, the different uh, 
tributes that have been out there um, just just all had that same sentiment. Um, she was just amazingly sweet and nice. And, um, you know, when, uh, when she lost her leg, uh, you know, now just, just months ago, essentially, um, there was never any uh, public in, in, you know, idea that this might be something that would, you know, potentially lead to her death. We don't know if that actually did. Um, so this is something that, you know, she was given an obstacle. She definitely was working, uh, through it and, um, you know, uh, it's just sad to, to see another, uh, person who was a very, very kind and, and nice person pass away. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, just not cool. It's not cool to see uh, these coming up as they keep coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah, just too many and and too many young people, you know, so yeah. Uh, yeah, so I uh, hope that Sabu's uh, doing okay. Um, and, um, you know, it's just a, a huge part of the community that was affected. Um, and, and also being a local here in Las Vegas, um, that also is just uh, another part of it that makes it sad. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Michael. Let's uh, just keep uh, her family and all in uh, prayers and good spirits and um, during this time. And, um, and we'll just keep uh, going from there. So uh, with that, we thank everybody for listening to us or watching us and, um, we ask you to continue to support. Um, we thank you for being in the chat. Um, shout out to Michaela, who definitely said, hey, you know, definitely um, who follow us and, um, well, you know, had a great time tonight. So we appreciate you being on. Um, and, of course, everyone else who popped on, we appreciate you as well. It's always good to see you, John and Chris and all. And all. So with that, we will see you guys next week. Have fun. And uh, be good to one another. Peace. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.